Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 74 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 131 of Receptopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was Fight for the Fallen going down live from the DCU Center in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I got to say, this crowd was absolutely hot last night for the majority of the show, and Dynamite itself was great i thought from the beginning to the end of the show it was fan fucking tastic we had not one not two but three star making performances from ricky starks jungle boy and daniel garcia in varying rays on the mic and in the ring these were revelatory performances that highlight the pillars in action future main eventers, future major champions, putting in that work and getting better and finding what makes them great before our very eyes. I'll get to all of that shortly, but let's kick things off with a damn good match for the interim AEW World Heavyweight Championship involving Jon Moxley versus Roosh. And this match was a brawl, a fight, and Roosh was the one that took it to Mox early on as he basically pissed everybody off by interrupting Moxley's ring entrance. How dare you cut off Wow Thing before the crowd is done celebrating the greatness of John Moxley, the audacity, the blasphemy of it all, but rushed through John Moxley against the barricade back and forth, busting him open as well, tasting Mox's blood as well, which was weird, but I just love the physicality that Rush gave to Mox because Mox doesn't play with the physicality. But Mox fights right back with the tope on the outside, avoids a chair shot by Rush and lands a vertical suplex on the floor as well, but Rush does fight back against Mox by choking him out with the camera cores at ringside as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Mox is still being worked over by Rush, but Mox is able to deliver a top rope suplex on Rush, and these guys proceed to have an outstanding strike exchange, slaps, chops, forearm strikes, dueling German suplexes they pop out of and they land another German suplex. We got counters, which are fantastic. But Mox does stop Roosh with a King Kong lariat for a very close near fall from there. The fight is on as... Roosh locks in a cross face on Mox. Mox reverses that and he lands some sick kicks to Roosh's head. He is going to go for his finisher, but Roosh is playing possum. He goes for an overhead expert suplex in the corner to Moxley. He goes up top for a superplex, but Mox fights back by biting at Roosh's face to buy himself some time. Jose, the assistant, calls a distraction with the referee. Andrade is going to trip Mox off the ropes, but thankfully... Pinta Scuro and Ray Phoenix make the save as they chase Andrade through the crowd. John Moxley goes for a roll-up on Roosh for a near fall. Roosh is going to recover from a King Kong lariat and land the straight jacket power driver for a two-count. He is going to go for bullhorns with Moxley block stat and lands the Death Rider for a near fall. The fans cannot believe Roosh kicked out. Mox can't believe it either. So he quickly transitions into a rear naked choke and Roosh is not giving up. So he cranks in the bulldog choke and Roosh passes out as Mox retains the interim AEW World Championship. I thought this was a fabulous match. Roosh continues to impress by far his best match on AEW TV to date. And Mox, my God, is one 
of the best big time performers in the world today. Every match hits differently, and we've seen it recently against Birdie King, and now Roosh, he just delivers on every level. And after the match is over, I immediately groaned when Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society came out, and he wants his rematch after two and a half years against Mox so he can be a two-time AEW World Champion. Anna Jay cuts a promo that works my nerve, and I love Anna Jay, but she's not the best speaker on the mic right now. Hopefully she gets better in time, but the savior of this segment was John Moxley because he told Jericho, you know what, let's cut this sports entertainment shit because this is not the WWE Galaxy Championship. This is the AEW World Championship, the richest prize in this business. And don't discount my reign as two-time champ. I'm not an interim title holder. Let it be known. You're not going to be the first two-time anything because I did it first. But this version of Jericho sucks. In a circle, Jericho appreciates society, Jericho. I don't want that Jericho in our championship match. I want the Chris Jericho that I saw on the VHS tapes early on. I want to see Super Jacob Chris Jericho, Lionheart Chris Jericho, the last student from the dungeon Chris Jericho. I want that guy, not this shell of a sports entertainer. Not Le Champion, not the pain maker, not the wizard, not the magician. I want the real Chris Jericho. And I loved it. And John Moxley, Jonathan Moxley sold me on this match. Because when Jericho spoke, I didn't give a shit. He bragged about beating Eddie Kingston in the barbed wire everywhere match, but he takes a bump on his spider web barbed wire on the floor and he busts his nose open with the steel chair shot with barbed wire last week. So he looks like hell. And I get that's why he won the match against the championship match in a couple of weeks time in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but I'm just over Jericho right now as a character and Mox saved it for me. So thankfully I now care about this match more so than I did when Jericho tried to cut that promo minutes earlier. All in all, a strong way to start Dynamite with Mox delivering another stellar performance against Roosh for the AEW World Championship. No interim in his title, damn it. He's a champ, champ for real. Next up is Ricky Starks defending the FTW Championship against Danhausen. This was a short match. Danhausen was over. Ricky Starks got this superstar introduction. The vignette was on point. The drip was everything. And Ricky Starks exudes swagger and confidence. He just brings out that extra something something every time and Danhausen tried to curse Ricky Starks it did not work they traded some pump kicks ironically enough Danhausen goes for the Northern Light Suplex for a near fall but ultimately Ricky Starks lands a spear on Danhausen to retain the FTW championship and Ricky is favoring his neck because he did break his neck in the last year or so it was not a serious injury thankfully but I was concerned but it plays into a larger story as Ricky grabs the mic. He says, you know what? I got time tonight. I want another challenger for the FTW Championship. Tass openly says, what the hell are you doing, Ricky? But that leads to the sound of the chairman. Hook comes out to a big pop from this Massachusetts crowd and he gets in the ring and he challenges Ricky for the FTW Championship and Ricky is off his game as Hook lands for nice body shots on Ricky Starks in the corner, lands a suplex as well. Ricky goes for a suplex, Hook flips out of that, but Ricky Starks uses his speed to land a spear on Hook, goes with the Rochambeau, but Hook counters that with the Red Rum, and he is going to submit Ricky Starks to become the new FTW Championship, a championship 
founded by his father over 20 years ago. Taz is on commentary. He's trying not to get emotional at his son winning his championship belt. It's a great moment, and I love this for Hook. His biggest win to date, and he beats Ricky Starks to win his father's championship. That is a big deal, and I hope this is the next step towards Hook's maturation into being a top-tier guy on AEW. He's got the look, the talent, and the potential to be a top guy in AEW moving forward. After we come back from commercial break, we got Ricky Starks alongside Powerhouse Hobbs, still in the ring with Tony Schiavone, and Ricky Starks cuts the babyface promo of his life, And the first line floored me in the best possible way as he says, you know what? When I won the FCW championship last year, nobody took it seriously. And I turned a noose into a tie. I made this championship mean something again. I put prestige and respect back on its name. And Taz is co-signing on commentary. And I was damn proud to do that for well over a year. But I've let too many opportunities pass me by. And my time is now. I want it all. I want everything that has been owed to me for a very long time. These people see it, I see it. I know what I can do, I know what I can offer. And as he goes to talk about Powerhouse Hobbs, Hobbs is gonna clothesline Ricky Starks from behind in the ultimate heel turn. He beats down his former tag team partner, Taz, cannot believe this on commentary. And Hobbs is booed out of the building and Ricky Starks is now one of the most over baby faces in AEW. And I hope and pray AEW realizes what they have in Ricky Starks. He is a star of the highest order. He is his own producer and director of his vignettes that are so sleekly produced. He is a great promo, a great wrestler, a great everything. And I hope they push him to the moon. He deserves it. He's that damn good. And I want this for him. He's going to be so over as a baby face dripping with charisma and connecting with the people on the mic and in the ring. This is a golden opportunity to elevate Ricky to that next level because his greatness cannot be denied any longer. And I'm glad that AEW fast-tracked this last night. We got a two-segment Ricky Starks special of the face turn to valiant battles against Dan Housen and Hook and the heel turn by Hobbs plus a career-defining promo by Starks to say he's been underappreciated for too long, taken for granted for even longer, and now it's his time to take what's his. And the people completely agree. I agree. I co-sign on all of that because he's special. From the moment he walked through AEW in 2020, fighting against Cody Rhodes, got a job via that performance, I knew he had what it took to be the next guy up. His feud against Darby Allen was a great indicator of that as well. Beefing with Sting and Swerve alongside Keith Lee, giving me great moments on the mic and in the ring with those two in recent months. Everything Ricky touches turns to gold, and I hope he gets championship gold of the highest order very soon because he has what it takes to be not only a pillar, but a main eventer in AEW moving forward. 
Next up is Dante Martin versus Sammy Guevara with Ty Conti at ringside for Sammy and Sky Blue at ringside for Dante Martin. And this was just a highlight reel of high spots with Dante Martin delivering a flipping satan to Sammy Guevara off the stage and on the floor. As we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break, we come back and Sammy Guevara counters a springboard dive with a rising knee strike followed by a tope to Dante on the outside. Back inside the ring, Dante lands an inverted suplex for two followed by a standing Spanish fly for another near fall. A full Nelson bomb gets another two count for Dante. Guevara does counter another dive, the nosebleed, and he is going to block that land the double springboard cutter followed by the go to hell, which always hits for the win. After the match is over, Sammy and Ty Conti continue to attack Dante Martin. Sky Blue intervenes. She gets wiped out by Ty Conti and Anna Jay. But thankfully, Ruby Soho, Eddie Kingston, and Ortiz make the save to even the odds for the crew. And here's hoping that Dante Martin gets adopted by Eddie Kingston so he can learn from the best to add some edge to his character, get a bit more aggressive in the ring, and score some signature wins very soon. And my one drawback with Dante's push is the fact that we saw this last year. He had several breakthrough performances against the Bucks, against Kenny fucking Omega, and he showed up and showed out in the best possible way. Now, he had his brother return from injury a few months ago, and unfortunately, Darius was in a car accident recently, and he's on the shelf again. That's beyond anyone's control but I don't want AEW to reset the Dante Martin singles push from scratch because you've seen the tag teams with Leo Rush and Lee Moriarty and Matt Seidel three tag teams in a year and he also had Jay Lethal as a partner for a very short period of time as well and the singles push has been very sporadic and I just want a level of consistency because at some point you want Dante to break through he had that last year Build on that now. And maybe by working with Eddie Kingston, he'll be able to reach that next level of what he can be, which is a great performer that can connect with the crowd, not only with his moves, but how he brings you in emotionally as well. That is key. And I hope that happens for him. Eddie is a great teacher, and I hope he's able to mold Dante into the star he's meant to be in due time. Next up is Jungle Boy alongside Luchasaurus. And I kept saying for weeks, Jungle Boy needs to return and cut the promo of his life to match the absolute smoke Christian Cage has been providing on the mic for the last month or so. And Jungle Boy came through with flying colors as he cut the promo of his life. And he came in hot by calling Christian Cage the biggest pussy he's ever seen. And he talks about last year's Casino Battle Royale at Double or Nothing. Now Christian was pissed off from that day forward when Jungle Boy eliminated him for the match to become the number one contender to Kenny Omega's AEW World Championship at the time. And Christian kept talking about the winner's purse, the bonus he was denied because of Jungle Boy eliminating him from that match. But... Jungle Boy figured something out in that Christian Cage's wife divorced his bitch ass last year. Maybe she cleaned him out. Maybe he had to pay that alimony. I don't know. But that was a bomb that was dropped by Jungle Boy. And Tony Schiavone couldn't believe it. Like, oh, my God, Jungle Boy is providing smoke last night. And I lived. I loved every moment of this promo. The fans were locked in. And so was I as he called Christian a prick. And he goes in on Christian's protection in the form of Luchasaurus. And he lets Christian know the Luchasaurus 
wasn't protecting you. He was saving you for me. And the first thing you did when I came back was run away like a coward. But that's not happening because I will find you and I will beat your ass. But the one thing I'm not going to forget is the fact you brought up my father. And the hardest thing I ever had to do three years ago was bury my dad. And then Christian Cage interrupts from backstage and he says Luchasaurus saw over the past few weeks how Christian could lead him instead of being Jungle Boy's lap dog. But he vowed to put Jungle Boy in a body bag like Jungle Boy decided to wear his leather jacket last night. And when it's all said and done, Christian will put Jungle Boy right beside his dad so they can rest in peace together. And that was a cold line by Christian Cage to wrap up this segment because he says, I know all of your secrets. I know your weaknesses. I know where to hurt you the most. And that was a chilling final line from Christian Cage. I love this feud. It's personal as hell. The divorce line got me. I did not know. And okay, let's go with the heat of it all. And Jungle Boy came through. He needed this and he delivered on every level. He went from a Jungle Boy to a grown ass Jungle Man. And I thought he did fantastic on the mic. Now he's ready to reach that next level towards being a true top single star in AEW in the very near future. Next up is one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champion Swerve Strickland versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling in a handicap match. And I thought this was a fine matchup as Swerve rocked Nese with a right hand, laid him out in the corner with a forearm strike to the back. And Mark Sterling gets the hot tag indirectly from Nice and... Swerve just punishing this dude with a drop kick through the ropes and a double foot stomp that sends Nice on the outside. Eventually, Mark gets in the ring, gets beat up by Swerve, and Swerve lays him out the house call for the win. After the match is over, we look to the screen, and Josh Woods attacks Keith Lee from out of nowhere. Swerve looks on, but he's laid out by Tony Nice from behind as well, and Nice grabs the AEW World Tag Team Championship belt and signals for a possible tag team title match between himself and Josh Woods versus Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee in the very near future this was a fine segment to get heat on the heels after swerve stood out in the best possible way minutes beforehand next up is thunder rosa versus miyu yashima for the AEW women's world championship i thought this was a really good match i thought yashima looked great and thunder rosa was giving it to Yashima early on. We had some stiff strikes from both ladies. Thunder Rosa rocks Yashima with a drop kick on the outside. Yashima responds with a kick of her own. And this is a back and forth fight that picks up steam after the commercial break as both ladies trade forearms for a bit until Rosa lands the corner clothesline and a slingshot knee drop. She follows things up with a running drop kick and a northern like suplex for two. Yashima is going to return fire with a high kick and then they trade forearms in the center of the ring for a bit. She has another high kick and hung onto a Cazador for a German suplex bridge for a near fall. She hulked up and she laid out Thunder Rosa in a great near fall. Yashima fights out of the fire thunder driver lands a step up kick followed by the skull kick that wipes out Rosa for a very close near fall that gets a crowd on edge. Eventually they trade roll-ups for a bit and then Yashima delivers a nice kick combination to Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa does block a knee strike from Yashima, delivers a roundhouse kick and the fire thunder driver for the win to retain the AEW Women's World Championship. A really strong matchup. The crowd 
And 920 was alert for this match. They love the action. And Yashima, she's a star. And I want more of her on AEW TV in the very near future as well. And now it is time for our main event. The return of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. And I have seen Garcia's work on AEW Rampage, Dynamite, and Pay-Per-View. And I like the fact that Garcia has been given more mic time to project his personality. That was my one thing that I wanted from him, personality. I like how he talks. I like the swagger he gives with his performances in the ring as of late as well. And he needed a career-defining performance. And he got it last night via this match against Brian Danielson, one of the greatest to ever do it. And Danielson was out of action for two months with the concussion he suffered at Anarchy at the Arena at Double or Nothing in Las Vegas on the shelf first match back and he comes in like a house on fire he says bump my entrance no shaking your ass to my flight of the valkyries trap beat and he goes in on garcia with a running miss drop kick he goes for those drop kicks in the corner running back and forth delivering yes kicks and strikes he is whooping garcia's ass laying in forearm strikes he goes for a running miss drop kick with garcia sitting in a chair at a ringside he is whooping that ass accordingly and there are no signs of any ill effects from his concussion until he goes up top for a missile drop kick he lands it on Garcia but he lands very hard on the mat and he's still in the ring he's not moving and the referee is selling some concern and the fans are looking on in concern and Garcia capitalizes and lays and strikes where Danielson was able to hit the step up corner evasion he collapses once again and Garcia is going to take advantage by ripping the mat covering off the floor exposing the concrete he slams Danielson into the still steps and lands a DDT on the floor to Danielson as we go to our final picture and picture commercial break we come back and Brian Danielson is busted open. There's blood all over his forehead and Garcia is raking his fingers against the forehead of Danielson to open up that wound even more. But that feeds Danielson's comeback as he is going to fight on the top rope and land an avalanche belly to back suplex to Garcia. He lays in some yes kicks and he is laying in those kicks to Garcia's chest. The fans love it. He lands a kick in the head. He's going to kick Garcia's fucking head in, but Garcia's going to counter that and he's going to lock in a sleeper in a sweet transition. He basically elevated Danielson with his feet to lock in that rear naked choke in a great spot. Danielson does respond with catamutilation followed by a tiger suplex for a near fall. Garcia is going to block an elbow by Danielson and he's going to go for his own hammer and anvil elbows and both men are delivering elbows back and forth. Danielson wins that battle and he lands a regoplex for a near fall. Garcia is going to block the Busaku knee and goes for a cradle and lands a fisherman's suplex for two. Danielson craters Garcia for a near fall but Garcia slaps him and this leads to another strike fest between both men and Danielson does land the Busaku knee goes for the label lock but Garcia grabs the ropes to break the hold and as Danielson gives chase someone grabs his foot from underneath the ring which was very weird that allows Garcia to hit a power driver on Danielson that knocks him out and then Garcia is going to go for the sharpshooter into the scorpion deathlock and Danielson is fighting to grab the ropes fighting to break the hold but he cannot the pain is too much and he passes out as Daniel Garcia defeats Brian Danielson to score by far the biggest 
win of his career. Jericho's marking out on commentary. Jake Hager is the guy that was underneath the ring causing that distraction in the end as the Jericho Appreciation Society celebrates with Garcia to wrap up Dynamite at the top of the hour. I thought this was a spectacular main event. Danielson's first match back in two months and he delivers a classic against Garcia. Garcia became a star in my eyes last night. He gave it to Danielson time and time again to match the violence, to match the intensity, to match the drama that Danielson gave via the concussion angle midway through this match. It was physical. It was dramatic. And I loved every moment of it. This was art in a lot of ways. And this is how you make a made man in Daniel Garcia. He did something that Willie Yuta could not do, and that is beat Brian Danielson. He would hang that over his head forever, and I greatly enjoy that. And a part of me still hopes that someday Garcia becomes a member of the Blackpool Combat Club. He might be a great technical sports entertainer, but he's an exceptional professional wrestler in every way. And last night was a great indicator of that by putting in that work against the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. On that note, this wraps up a damn great dynamite. I love the show. One sore spot was the swerve match, but otherwise I loved everything on the show. From Mox versus Roosh, to Ricky Stark standing out in the best possible way. Paras Hobbs turns heel. He's going to be a monster moving forward. Jungle Boy cuts a money promo. Daniel Garcia delivers a performance of a lifetime against one of the GOATs, one of the greatest to ever do it in Brian Danielson. And we got some all-out news. The trio's titles have finally been introduced by AEW, and we will crown our first ever champs at All Out in a few weeks' time in Chicago, Illinois. And we got a little elite teaser involving the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and that semi-reunion was blocked by the Dark Order and that is going to be an ongoing storyline in the weeks to come as we will have the official return of the Undisputed Elite next week with Adam Cole Bay Bay front and center good to have him back on TV after being out with a concussion over the last month or so and with that this wraps up a fun dynamite from Worcester Massachusetts hot crowd got to give them all the credit because they showed up and showed out by adding to the atmosphere via their crowd reaction and on that note, this wraps up episode number 74 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at LadyRestX on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, search Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts. Podcast, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 45 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage, Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.